0: I'm going to ask Josh to fire this thing up. I need, I need four to five people to desire to talk in the microphone in front of this massive crowd uh, about what you might be thankful for. Any takers? Over here. State your name and tell them what you're thankful. Stand up. Oh, okay. Miss Carol, by the way. Go ahead. Yeah. family. Uh, she is bedridden, but I am happy that she's still alive. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. <laughs> Who else? Back in the back. I'm Amy. Um, I'm thankful for this church. We were led here this year, and I have watched my children grow. I have found a community and a place that I can call home. And that is one of the most things, the things I can be most thankful for is finding a place where I have a family that I can worship my God with. Amen. Amen. All right, who else? Well, I'm thankful that the uh, Lord brought me to Albuquerque and to First Christian Church a couple of years ago. I'd never been to Albuquerque before, and I just trusted the Lord that he'd send me to a good place. I'm happy to be part of the ministry here, and a member, and I just love you all. All right. And that was, that was Joe, Mr. Joe. One more? Anybody? Any takers? Where, where, where? Stand up. Uh, I'm Chloe. Um, I'm grateful for the friends, well, more the family, that this church has provided. Thank you. All right. Obviously, not everyone is a public speaker. That kind of raises the the hypertension. But the beautiful thing is, is I know that we all have something that, that we're thankful for. Probably many things, multitude of things that we're thankful for. And as we, as we look at, at you know this week and all the festivities and, and all of that, um, I just thought I'd, I'd just try that and see what folk are thinking about. We have everything from, from the ending of, of, of life with an aged parent and just glad just happy that her days on earth are continuing we have just the the beauty of the church and church family and that is that's 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 beautiful i know that you have things in your families that you're thankful for i i would say while you're eating take that time do that you know even if you find it to be corny take that time around the table and just you know force everyone to say something you know like your sister Thankful for your sister. No, I'm just kidding. There's a small passage in the the book of Isaiah that I'm going to turn our attention to today. It's in Isaiah chapter 12, and so you can be getting there just to give uh, some some background. The prophet Isaiah, last week we spoke about the prophet Jeremiah and that God's people were to, to pray for their city and enhance their city, to be a people of God that... In, in the context, if we were there bringing Jesus to a community in need, desiring to, to be everything that we can be to meet the, the the needs of people and primarily the spiritual needs of people. Today with Isaiah, Isaiah in this particular context has been working with the king Ahaz. And Ahaz is fearful. Uh, the kings in those days were always fearful because you never knew you are going to get conquered, taken over, held captive put into slavery or worst case scenario killed and ahaz is concerned and and god through the prophet isaiah begins to just pour out the continued message of the prophets but also in chapters 7 through 11 leading up to 12 he is talking about our messiah he is talking about the the beauty of what's going to happen in the here and now right that context The Old Testament is written in a specific context, so we can get that specific context. But then the prophets not only uh, told what was going on, they also foretold, and they told what was going to happen in the immediate. And then what Isaiah does is he gives us this beautiful picture of our Savior, our Messiah. That yes, this is happening, but there's going to be a day for you, and then there is a day to come. And in that, we can rejoice, that no matter what we're experiencing, there can be joy, praise, and thanksgiving that comes from us, from within us, that is just beautiful to the ears of our God. And so as a a final song, as he transitions into the next part of the history, he gives a hymn. Some scholars say there may be two hymns here, but he closes it with a song i don't know if you've ever been to a concert where you and a friend or a spouse you love this group and you're trying to guess what song are they going to end on you know what song are they going to end on oh i think they're going to end on this song oh i think this is going to be the closing song my poor family's had to put me i've put them through that a lot because i'm like okay are they going to close on isaiah closes with this beautiful hymn most likely it was It was very at least spoken, but it was probably sung. It was probably put to music. And let's read it in its context. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. In that day you will say, I will praise you, O Lord, although you were angry with me. Your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. This beautiful crescendo of after speaking about a Messiah who was to come. If you turn your attention to chapter 11, you can see that this upcoming church season of Christmas. One of, the, one of the strong passages that talk about his birth and talk about the meaning of his life, you'll see that in verse 1 of chapter 11 says, a shoot will come from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. Speaking of Jesus' genealogy. And it speaks of Jesus, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. and when we see that the Spirit of the Lord, right, he comes and he quotes that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to those that are in need. And we see that Jesus throughout his ministry spoke with, with just fire and yet it didn't singe. It went straight to the heart. And those, there, was, there was no compromise. Either you were touched at the heart Are you or not? And Jesus set that up. And we talked about that last week where Jesus just comes to the heart. And that's that righteousness. That's the holiness that, that he comes. But we also know that the Messiah came to give us on this side of the cross no excuse. Not that we need to excuse ourselves, but that we have an awesome opportunity every moment to bring forth thanksgiving. And Isaiah says, not only bring forth thanksgiving, but it is the testimony of our life. It is the very essence of why people might say that they have come to a place, they have come to a church, they have found community, they have known and they're they're being known and understood and their children can be raised up in what the Lord has. And that is what the church is called to do. You see, we're people of thanksgiving. We cannot help but praise him. We cannot help but thank him. We cannot help but rejoice in our salvation. In that day is an idiom. It's it's an idiom used in the Old Testament a lot. Where Yahweh, God, is in action within history. That, That He is what he has begun, he's going to take us through. What he has promised, he is going to continue to fulfill those promises. Could you imagine if you got Isaiah to the side and said, Oh, prophet, this is so awesome. When is this going to happen? right when when are these things going to happen and he says a little over 700 years from now what you're asking me to to stick with this for 700 years i'm not even going to be here i'm not even going to see this see that's the that's the tension of our hearts that's the longing. I think God draws us to, to this, this level of spiritual endurance and patience because his promises are going to come true. It is just like us. Jesus is going to come back soon, we're told in Scripture. But now we're 2,000 years away. And so that anticipation will draw our attention away. It will cause us at times to, to relapse, right? We, we kind of lose our mentality. But thanksgiving, that is the praise. That's what keeps us coming to him and praising him. Even when life doesn't seem to, 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 to be rocking. It's not, it's not perfect. Or there's, there's, we're in a cycle of something. Or we're experiencing something. And it just seems like it's this long endurance. But you see, the prophet says to us, and Jesus said, that now the kingdom comes. And that the last days have begun. And so we too, in eager anticipation, we desire to continue to be thankful, to be worshipful, to bring forth our praise to Him in no matter what measure. Another quiz for you. What what is something small that you might be thankful for? Just somebody, something you're thankful for. Just, Just something small. Maybe it's small but significant. Anybody? Shoes, I like that. Shoes, what's that? Coffee. Oh my goodness, the drug of choice for Christians, by the way. Uh, uh, What else? That's mine. That's what I, you took my punchline, but that toilet paper, I mean, come on, think about it, right? I mean, seriously, we take things for granted, right? So each this week, Right? I just challenge you. As you take the roll or pull the I mean, you know, it sounds so silly. But yet, it is so true. That God brings us through. And then he says, he makes it personal. A lot of times you'll see the you, and it means y'all. But this is you. This is a singular emphasis in the Hebrew. Meaning that each and every one of us, with our relationship with God, in that day we will say, I will say, I praise you, O oh Lord. I confess you. I cannot help but, but from my inner being. I, can't, I cannot help but just confess who you are and speak of you. That doesn't mean that we have to be the obnoxious person at work that you go, you know, hey, Jesus freak, could you just chill out because you're alienating people? No, this is, this is just us that we cannot help but bring God into the conversation and with our kids and with our spouses and with everything that we are. It doesn't mean that we work to peculiarity it's because we already are peculiar. He has called us. He has chosen us. He has gifted us salvation. He has given us the right to be called children of God. We are the we are the peculiar ones who are the who are the priests, right? We 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 get so many different t- titles that we we could be overwhelmed with. But yet he desires for us to confess confess him. And what does he confess? He says listen. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away. Remember last week when Jeremy said that in, in, the, in the prophet Jeremiah used the word obey. And in, and in the Hebrew, it, it also means that God obeys. And we're like, that's weird. It's strange. We have another one of those turnabouts in this passage. Where the, where the, where the prophet is saying that ye, your anger has turned away. There was anger with me, but your anger is turned away. The, the word turn away is, is repent. It's in the Hebrew and then, and then in the Greek and even in the Latin. It's, it's, it's a way of turning away. It's, it's what we use to know and understand that, that we are just repentance away from a whole new life in Christ. You may not be here today and one of the tough, I mean, you may, you may not be here today. You may not be a believer here today, but what I would suggest to you What I would suggest to you is that you're not here by chance. You're not here by chance. And you hearing the message and hearing the the beautiful words. You may have even spoken some words today. And that's all the God of the universe is drawing you to himself. So that you might come to a place to where you repent. And oh yes, it's all of the things. It's the resume of life. But the greatest turnaround that God desires for each and every one of us. And what we can praise out of our lips each and every moment. For you would be, what are you doing with this son Jesus? Have you investigated? Have you just written him off? Or have you repented? You see, because what this passage teaches us is that God repents. But it's not in the same way that we repent. It says that God changes his mind. You see, we we deserve nothing but wrath. We deserve nothing but his judgment. We deserve nothing but his anger. We are the spoiled, rotten kid that sometimes doesn't get it. And we will be disciplined. But he desires for us to ultimately allow him to change his mind about us by falling in love with his son. If you haven't fallen in love with his son, let me just say, keep seeking him out. Please don't look at me or the ones in the pews. We could easily fail. But there is one who desires to change his mind when you fall in love with the one who will never fail. And he loves you. And he desires you. And he wants you. And he wants you to experience Thanksgiving at a level that you've never experienced. You see, because the people that praise him, the people of the redeemed, are those that cannot help themselves to praise him they are his and what does the prophet say not only did you turn away but you have comforted me most of us that have a testimony i will boldly say today that as i look at my life i am so glad there are so many ways that i want to respond differently I want to act differently. I want to think differently. And if I had my way, there are times that I just know without a shadow of a doubt that it was because of redemption, it was because of the fact that Jesus saved me and that I embraced that message and I was found by him. I didn't find anybody. God found me. And when he found me, he loved me enough to comfort me and fill me with his spirit. And I rejoice in the fact that I am saved. I can't imagine the person that I might be if I did not have redemption, if I did not have his spirit dwelling in me. You see, it takes us to a different level. And over time, those of you that have been in the faith, you know how he's changed you. There's an absolute no doubt that he's changed you. And if Jesus was in our midst, everybody would be longing to grab a microphone and speak to the one who saved them because of what he's done not only to change eternity in a perspective for eternity but how you brought me through the things that we've gone through there was still thanksgiving at the end there was the rejoicing there was the praise you see that's what the prophet is saying that through that discipline there's a disciplining that ends oh goodness couldn't you just wait for groundings to end sometimes I used to come home, and they already knew I did something. They didn't know exactly what I'd do, but I'd just go straight to my room after school, usually a note from the teacher, and I'd just go to sleep in the dark because I knew the grounding was coming. You see, God does not want his children to be in this mentality. He desires for us to know that with that, there is is forgiveness And the discipline will end. And that rejoicing can commence. You see, he says, I, surely, he says, surely God is my salvation. The beautiful thing about the Hebrew is there is no is in the Hebrew. The translators help us out sometimes with the grammar so that we can understand. But he just says, surely God my salvation God, my salvation. There is no verb. He is the verb. He is salvation. And he says, I will trust and not be afraid. You see, those of us that have gone through trials, those that are going through situations, it is so hard to to trust because we have our eyes on something else. You see, the people of God that Isaiah was speaking to and, and giving the prophecy, they had gotten themselves into a series of cycles and they primarily they they took their eyes off of god they actually stopped proclaiming him they they stopped being thankful in worship oh they might do it by rote right they might do it by family you know ritual but they had they had missed out and their lives began to to show for show for it and 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 the prophet through the mouth of the prophet god was saying listen you have settled on the idea of being consumers. You're just consuming, 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 and you're not, you're not, you're not contributing. And you got yourself into this cycle that now you look at me as just this, 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 this grantor of 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 you know necessity, a god of just when I need you. And he was wanting them to understand that that being a taker is is not good. That that we must that we must give. And then worst case scenario, when, we don't, when we're not in a spirit of thankfulness or, or praise, then what's the message that comes off our lips, right? What's, what's the testimony of our heart? How, how are we shown forth to other people? And, and, and he's saying that, that, that God desires for us to not just be passive in our faith, but there's a, there's a, there's a proclamation in our faith. And if you lose that, then you've lost the true identity of where praise and worship takes us. It's not just the Sunday morning experience. It's it's the experience of life. It's the experience of every breath. And he knows that life can wear us down and can wear on us. But it begins at the gift of salvation. Surely, God, my salvation, will turn our hearts to a place where we continue to long for him and when we long, isn't it amazing? When we make a decision, we know the right answers. We've read the right books. We've looked at the scripture. We've been in small group. We've watched the videos. We've watched the YouTubes. We know, we know what Chan is going to say and Piper is going to say. We know what all the teachers are going to say. But then there's that meeting with Jesus where we decide, you know what? Through my lips, I choose to praise. Through my lips, I choose to bring you thanks and adoration. And what does it say? says, the Lord, Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. You see, the very thing that God has put in place for us to be thankful for, he just comes on around and keeps reflecting. And what you see there is now all of a sudden there's an ownership. Lord, 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 my provider and Lord, my redeemer. Lord, Lord, you are my strength and my song. You know, I wonder... I wonder where you are right now spiritually, individually. I wonder where you're at. And I wonder what the title of the song would be. Or a lyric of the song that is in your heart today. For the goodness of who he is. For the grandeur of what he's offered us. How he's brought (coughs) you through. just a little bit of time 30 seconds (coughs) i want us to be still and i really want you guys to be creative (coughs) what would be the title of the song of your thanksgiving i'm not going to ask you but what would it be let's take some time in those quiet moments even an obscure request that causes us to to begin to see God with both sides of our brain and experience him obviously I've had time to think about it but as I look at my family life and I look at me the, the title of the song right now is he's brought us through he's brought us through Oh, the challenges of parenting, he's brought us through. The challenges for our our kids, he's brought us through. The challenges of life, he's brought us through. The challenges of our church, he's brought us through. See, the song of my heart is, God, my salvation. Thank you in spite of me to love me. Thank you for blessing me. With my family, and thank you that no matter what it seems that the odds go against, you seem to keep bringing us through. I praise you. You see, we can get caught up so much that it has to be a lot of words, or and really, I think as soon as we turn our attention to something other to the one. He says thank you he responds to us with thank you as a matter of fact look at his response the lord lord is my strength and my song he has become my salvation with you joy will draw water from the wells of salvation eugene peterson translates that in his message the message translation buckets and buckets buckets and buckets buckets and buckets of of spiritual waters I'm reminiscent of the woman at the well I'm reminiscent of him saying that I am the giver of life I am the living water you see he desires for us to know that he is there to quench He is there to help. He is there to help our thirst. He's the one, right? It said that he would look at the people and he would look at the needs of the poor. And Jesus comes onto the scene and says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are you when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, Jesus pours out onto us. This beautiful living water that sustains us, even in, as scripture and hymns say, a dry, thirsty land. May our praise today and this week, of course, in culture, but the very heart of who we are, continue to respond to God. I'll close with this the remaining verses of chapter 12. 4, 5, and 6, give us seven responses. See if you hear the seven as I close and read it. In that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. And proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known to all the world. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Zion. Shout aloud and sing for joy, people of Albuquerque. For great is the Holy One of Israel among you. God, thank you. Thank you for the prophets. Thank you for the promises through the prophets. And thank you for the perseverance of the saints as each of us wait for that blessed day. And in that day and in this day, Lord, we will continue to praise you. And may the praise of our lips be a worthy sacrifice, a worthy act of worship. And may the direction of our lives, the obedience of our steps, the repentance of our hearts, the love that we have for you shine forth through our lives and in our living. I pray through Christ. Amen.